Texas Football Today is a production of Dave Campbell's Texas Football and TexasFootball.com. If you like the show, help us make it. Consider becoming a Texas Football Insider, our subscription package at TexasFootball.com slash insider. Besides helping to make shows like this possible, you'll also get two magazines, including our legendary summer edition and a year of access to exclusive content on TexasFootball.com. That includes stuff like premium podcasts, our archives. We've got all 60 years of the magazine digitized, recruiting analysis, and must-see insights from the Dave Campbell's Texas football crew. If all of that sounds good to you, consider becoming a Dave Campbell's Texas football insider at texasfootball.com slash insider. That's texasfootball.com slash insider. And thanks for listening. The Texas Football Today podcast is brought to you by Chocolate Milk, built by nature. Make sure you catch Texas Football Today live weekdays at noon on TexasFootball.com and on Facebook. And if you like the show, subscribe on the podcast vendor of your choice. Give us a positive rating and tell a friend. Yes, yes, y'all. From the Dave Campbell's Texas Football Mothership here in beautiful Louisville, Texas. It is Texas Football Today, a show on the internet. I am Ashley Pickle, the video director for Dave Campbell's Texas Football, a magazine, and TexasFootball.com, a corresponding website. Thank you for spending part of your day with us, whether you're watching us on Facebook, YouTube, Twitch, or listening to us on the podcast vendor, which you can subscribe to on the podcast vendor of your choice. Thank you for supporting your local mediocre internet show. I am sitting here, sitting over there at the helm. It is Malpal. Malpal, how are you doing? I'm doing well. I'm trying to figure out YouTube. I'm sorry. I'm try- I don't know. I pushed live, but it's not going live. So if you're watching on Facebook instead of YouTube, not figuring out youtube (laughs) darn you youtube we're trying to switch over and they just both keep burning us but you know you can find us other places and then we're not the only two in the studio today sitting to my right it is greg powers howdy grev what's up y'all grev Grev. (laughs) i like that (laughs) i love grev Today is Wednesday, December 8th, 351 days until Thanksgiving. December 8th, the birthday of uh, Philip Rivers with his entire Rivers clan of children. Uh, That dude has a lot of kids. Like, I think they're up to like 9 or 10 at this point. Wow. That's that's so much energy. That's a lot of, yeah. That's goodness. Mm. I don't want to say too much because, you know, we love kids and everything, but that's a lot of manpower. That's too much for me. (laughs) Have fun, Philip Rivers. Happy birthday, my dude. Um, This is episode 1,297, and on today's episode, my friends, we will go take a look at some of the top recruits in the state in this week in Cruton with our very own Greg Powers. And then in the back half of the show, we didn't have him on yesterday. So we're joined by Craig Way, the Hall of Famer from the Big Apple. So we'll ask him how New York is feeling up there in December. And then um, we'll go ahead and round out the show. So a big loaded show today. Um, but before we get there, Malpal, do we have first four through the door? We sure do. On Facebook, it was Ryan Smiga, Aaron Arbuckle, Derek Del Rio, and Aaron Flynn. Welcome in, fellas. Welcome in, fellas. No time to waste. We've got big Cruton stuff to talk about. So, I'm Ashley Pickle. That's Greg Powers. And this is This Week in Cruton. Nice. <laughs> it is This Week in in recruiting and you got a deadpan look into the camera there that was that was next level there we go it was a little bit different this week but I was ready for it he was ready always ready and who else is always ready well it's our it's our sponsored uh it's our sponsor partner of this segment and that is the wonderful 
Chicken Express. Yum. I love Chicken, chicken Express. Express. Yum. <laughs> that's chicken about, Express is fantastic. That's everything you need to know about Chicken Express. Exactly. Is that Yum. it's fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm trying to get to where like every Chicken Express in the DFW Metroplex like knows me on a first name basis. <laughs> Let's go. You know, like, hey, it's Greg. <laughs> oh, Greg is back again. <laughs> want, yeah, I've always wanted to get to the point at a restaurant where they're like, oh, you want the regular, you know? <laughs> yep. I know, right? Maybe that can be your goal with Chicken Express. But yes, it's this weekend recruiting where we take a look at some of the top prospects in the Lone Star State brought to you by our good chicken friends at Chicken Express. Let's go ahead and start off here with our prospect on the rise. It's Austin Westlake, 2022 defensive end Ethan Burke. And man, he made a big commitment to Mallory's despise. He chose Michigan over offers from Baylor, Kansas State, Nebraska, Utah. I mean, this kid seems to be the guy that can kind of do everything and he's in the dctf hot 100 a really good pickup for the fighting khakis out there just when you thought that the dctf hot 100 was finalized right <laughs> there comes tepper a, is shaking his fist somewhere there's you. a six foot seven 225 pound defensive end from austin westlake who plays on the state's best defense that commits to michigan he you know he had some other offers too but one thing that i was really blown away with when watching his tape is his get off for uh, such a long and rangy defensive end he plays a passionate brand of football, much like the entire Austin Westlake defense, uh, really gets after the quarterback. But I think as he matures in the Michigan strength and conditioning program, he'll add the requisite mass to be, you know, a true uh, strong side defensive end type. You know, and Michigan's getting a lot of uh, publicity this year for the play of Aiden Hutchinson. And I don't want to say this is the next Aiden Hutchinson or anything because that player, you know, he's he's like an elite once in a lifetime type of guy but um, as far as you know recruiting analysts and recruitniks in the state of Texas go maybe people who talk about uh, recruits on Twitter this is a guy who's largely flew under the radar and now when you watch his tape it's kind of like unjustified you know he, he deserves a bit more publicity and M Michigan uh, has done a good job with the evaluation here Austin Westlake's got some dudes on that defense but I think Ethan Burke might be the best of the bunch and the thing that I've always been most impressed with about him is the fact that he is six seven and a lot of times when guys are that tall and they play football it's almost hard especially on the line to be able to get low enough where people right. can't just just, I mean, come hit you at your knees. And he really does a good job of making sure that he gets his center weight of gravity as low as he possibly can. Man, I'm going to have you write some of the recruit, <laughs> recruiting blurbs for DCA. That was great. Thank Pickle. you. I love that. <laughs> and you've you. had the opportunity to see him in person, too, which is, you know, tells the tale. You've seen him snap to snap and, mm -hmm. and know that he's one of those guys who plays whistle to, you know, whistle to whistle, plays after the whistle, and, you know, takes no plays off. And I think that's important when you're doing some evaluation work as well, to know that this isn't a guy who put together a one-and-a-half-minute highlight reel and that's his best plays and that's mm -hmm. it. He's, he's playing play full play game. Out. Yeah. Yep. And let me tell you, he sticks out on the sideline when you have six, seven. It's like, oh, there he is. <laughs> you can see him over mountains. They're here like mountains. <laughs> exactly. All right. That was our uh, prospect on the rise. Let's go ahead and go over to our commit of the week. This one, we're going out to the hub city. Love it. Cooper inside linebacker, Kobe McKenzie, a name that you have heard time and time again. He announced his commitment to the Texas Longhorns after taking a visit down there. And I mean, Talk about a big get for Coach Steve Sarkeesian and his staff down there in Austin. Yeah, no doubt. And this is like an added bonus for Texas fans because he was a one-time Oklahoma commitment. He mm -hmm. decommitted in the 
wake of the news that you know Lincoln Riley was going to USC mm-hmm. he quickly picked up an offer from Texas took an official visit to Austin over this past weekend liked what he saw there and decided that um, that was the fit for him and one thing that I want to point out when following Kobe well there's a couple things actually first and foremost he's started as a freshman at Lubbock Cooper and he's mm-hmm. played a bunch of different roles in that defense I mean he's played nickel Nickelback, you know, whenever he started, and he was a big kid when he did that, so he can really run. Um, he's had a great four-year career there. He's one of the best players in the state of Texas, checking in at number 19 in the DCTF Hot 100. He's the number one inside linebacker prospect in the state, so he's bringing it. Um, but number two, what I want to point out is I think this is a great fit for the SEC version of the Texas Longhorns. Mm-hmm. And I don't know that it would have been a great fit for the Big 12 version. Right, it's the, clashing you know, styles. When you're, looking at, when you're looking at what type of player he is, he's a big, strong, uh, he's like six foot two, 240 pounds, can take a thumping. Um, and I think that he can stick at linebacker because he has shown the athleticism throughout the course of his career that he can really, really run. But this is an SEC fit at linebacker, and the Texas fans should be really excited about this get. Um, you know, they Evan Stewart committed to Texas A&M over a week and a half ago, and I think a lot of Longhorns fans were disappointed that he didn't rejoin them on their commitment list. But these are the type of guys that I think that you can get excited about because you're going to be playing a different style of football, and this is the type of kid that you need on that defense to start to – I mean, you're going to have to play Alabamas and LSUs and Light you know, work. OU every year. <laughs> you got to have these type of guys stand up and shut down the run. He's the type of kid that can do it. Well, and from watching his tape right here, too, something that sticks out to me is the fact that, I mean, he's he's pretty much Johnny on the spot, but they did, he was smart in putting some of the plays in there where if he did miss the initial hit, his capability to turn quickly and get back to the whoever it is had, that has the ball in their hand is, is pretty impressive. Yeah. And I think that's cool to showcase, too. Like, hey, if I do miss something, I'm not missing him twice. To me, he's not just a one-trick pony, mm-hmm. right? He is a thumper. But he's proven throughout the course of his high school career he can cover. He can do some different things. Um, I just think this is a, a this is a pretty big get. I moved him up ever so slightly when we did the final, you know, top 100 for DCTF. Um but I debated on moving them up even higher. That's a really – I guess if Austin Westlake is the best defense in the state, could Lubbock Cooper be the second best? Maybe Dun- you know, Duncanville's in yeah. the conversation. Duncanville's definitely up so, there. So, I mean, maybe the three best defenses in the state right there, and he's the leader on it. He is Greg Powers of Next Level Athlete joining us for this week in recruiting. And let's go ahead and matriculate over to our underclassmen of the week. This one heading down south just a hair, Willis, 2024 wide receiver DJ Lagway. Now, this is a guy that has um, just an abundance of offers. And when you pick up one from Georgia to add to that list, clearly you're doing something right. Yeah, no doubt. I'm really excited about the 2024 crop of quarterbacks in the Lone Star State. You've got DJ Lagway, Lagway, who just picked up an offer from Georgia. That was his 10th offer. You know, he also has offers from schools like Baylor, LSU, TCU, Texas A&M, Texas Tech. Um, So he's, you know, that's a pretty wide variance of what schools he could fit into because you think of LSU as being like that traditional – um, quarterback type of spot Georgia as well right mm-hmm. like they they are picking up guys who can throw the football well he's a tremendous dual threat as well who can really run with the ball he passes the eyeball test um, but you also have Mabry Tower at uh, the Woodlands and you have Dylan Rayola at Burleson this is 
I, I'm going to say it now. This is probably your. Those three guys are almost certainly top ten locks mm-hmm. in the state of Texas. I don't think since 2012 there's been a recruiting class that's had three quarterbacks in the top ten. Wow. I think that the top-rated quarterback class was probably the Kyler Murray, Jarrett Stidham year. They mm-hmm. were both in the top five. Um, what a year that was. <laughs> but uh, it's almost a lock that these three guys are going to be in the top ten and they're national type of guys. They're probably going to be in the top ten quarterbacks nationally. Mm-hmm. And one of them could, and it's too early to tell because they're all three great, which one's going to be number one? Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's going to be a tough decision. Yeah, to, good luck. To, yeah, to make <laughs> down the line. We don't have to make that call right now, but it's it's knocking on the door. Right? Oh, yeah. Like you're knocking on the door. All three of these guys had standout sophomore seasons, and I, I think Lagway is probably the most versatile mm-hmm. of the bunch and has a very, very high ceiling. His father, Derek, played at Baylor, so we'll see if the Bears can get in there and I was going to say, do you think that that maybe says anything good for the Bears there? Maybe some family chemistry? I mean, I, we saw what the Brockermeyers didn't work out technically, <laughs> but... <laughs> I think it was his first offer as well. I'd have uh-huh. to double... Uh, check my notes, but my mind is telling me that Baylor was... That sounds like a his, Joey doing. Yeah. <laughs> Baylor was his first offer. He has the connections there. But again, this is going to be a, a, a national level guy. And mm-hmm. what's interesting, I think, just kind of his picked up an offer from Georgia. There are a lot of folks that... Burleson's Dylan Rayola is a Georgia lean because he has a lot of connections there mm-hmm. early on in their recruitment. Um, so are they trying to come into Texas to get two of the two best of them, ones? Yeah. I'm not saying that this Lagway's like going to be a Georgia commit or anything like that. He just picked up an offer from Georgia this week. It's going to be one of his many options to consider. Um, but it was an interesting offer since they feel like they're in a good spot with Especially Dylan. Especially the week that they get announced as making it into the college football playoffs right. you know like that <laughs> yeah. that adds a little bit to it too so there it is our um, underclassmen of the week moving on finally to our recruit of the week and man I'm gonna go ahead and toot powers horn here that he had been saying this one of we figured it was going to happen we didn't necessarily think it was going to happen this way but in the wake of the Mario uh, Cristobal news from the or that was Oregon head coach now is being hired at Miami to fill that position um Summer Creek offensive tackle a DCTF five-star in Kelvin Banks has decommitted the first DCTF five-star that we named yes. in the class of 2022. That goes back to our NLA camp yeah. that we saw him at he's years been a ago. Wired, he's been a wire-to-wire five-star at DCTF, and I love, love, love his senior tape. Mm-hmm. He showed a lot of progression. I think he's a guy that can, like Kenyon Green at Texas A&M this year, he can play any of the spots up front that you need him to. He's He can play tackle, he can play guard, and if you want him to, he could probably play center as well. Super athletic. Um, it's only going to get better as he gets stronger in a strength and conditioning program, but has a really, really high upside. But he's already refined, right? Like mm-hmm. he's a guy who already kind of knows what he's doing out there. And I think he's a, he, he can come in and contribute early just because he's basically college ready. And, you know, where he plays at in the Houston area, they're battle-tested guys, right? You see him playing against Katie oh, yeah. right here. You know, the, he's going against elite players across from him all the time and he's been you know starting there for a really long time so he has he will be entering college like with experience and I think that's Mm -hmm. pretty important if you want to get an early jump Uh, Texas and Texas A&M were under heavy consideration when he made his commitment to the Ducks and this is fresh news that he's backed off his commitment to Oregon any school in the country would really take Kelvin Banks Mm -hmm. no matter what their 
you know, what they have on their commitment list, this is a guy that you would take. Uh, but I'll be interested to see where he he ends up. There are a lot of top guys out there in the state of Texas still available. I mean, Cameron Dewberry announced his top three of Texas, Texas A&M, and OU. I've really felt strongly – I guess not strongly. I felt that Texas A&M could be the team to beat right. there. And that could be a – you know, that could go a different direction because – a lot of the recruiting pundits had Ohio State like predicted mm-hmm. for him, and they didn't even make his top three. Right, you know. So where will this one end up? Um, it, it's an interesting question. But two of the state's top offensive linemen will be making quick decisions here as National Signing Day or the early signing period approaches next Wednesday, which also happens to be the opening day of the state championship game. So if yeah, you're listening, to, <laughs> if you're listening to, listening to this, we will have a lot of content for not only recruiting fans, but Texas high school football fans in general, you know, starting, I mean, it's coming like all this content right, is coming yeah. and we're working on it now. So stay tuned. I was going to say real fast before we let you go, do you have one or two guys that you think that people should really be keeping an eye on as that early signing day period comes next week? Well, Harold Perkins, I think he's one of the top defensive players in the entire country. Um, He's really a talented defensive player. Denver Harris, you know, he's Mm -hmm. our number one recruit in the state. Everybody's got their eyes on him. Will he stay in state at a school like Texas or will he go to an Alabama? I think that's a, a huge question mark. DCTF cover boy. Yeah, Denver. the DCTF <laughs> cover boy. I'm still waiting to get my hands on the magazine. I, know. I thought it would be today, but I'm um, still waiting to get my hands on that just to you know flip through it. It's one of my favorite days of the year. Um, Omari Abor. Mm-hmm. To me, that there's question marks there now. A lot of people had him in the Ohio State camp as well. He was really close to Quinn Ewers, mm-hmm. and I think that was playing a role possibly in his recruitment, and now Quinn – is leaving Ohio State, and does that have an effect at all on what he's going to do? There there are really, this year out of any other year, at least in the last handful of years, there are a lot of major storylines mm-hmm. in the state of Texas. Big-time players making decisions, and there are a lot of decommitments happening right now. Like the news is happening hour by hour. Mm-hmm. Right before we went on the air today, Nick Evers announced his decommitment from Florida. So oh, wow. he's back on the market, DCTF four-star quarterback. Just a lot of moving pieces here, you know. Uh, coaches are moving. Jim Knowles took the Ohio State defensive coordinator's mm-hmm. job, so Oklahoma State. Like all the coaching changes can't make this any easier for, right. for these kids to decide mm-hmm. where they're going. <laughs> I think this year you will see a heavier – amount of kids wait until after the early signing period i think the traditional february signing day is going to be a little bit more exciting this year than it has been the last couple of years Uh, and that's just because of all the changes it may not make sense you know stefan johnson at desoto who's a dctf hot 100 receiver is committed to oregon and now the coach left there there hasn't been any news on him yet Mm -hmm. will he wait until after you know the early signing period because i mean really you don't know who your coach is right, going to be. Exactly. You know? yeah. So there's some question marks there. And that's a big, there. big thing on people's list. There are just a yeah. lot of guys like that. So, I mean, it's just just buckle up. Um, be patient if you're a fan of a major school. But I think the in-state programs, by and large, Texas Tech, TCU, Texas A&M, Texas, they're all doing a really phenomenal job yeah, no in doubt recruiting. About it. You know, Baylor. Ba- Baylor, you got to be sitting back if you're Dave Aranda and his bunch. Their class has been pretty much buttoned up. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They're probably, like, loving life right now. Oh, because absolutely. Because they don't have a lot of guys waffling right now, mm-hmm. and they've picked There's out no their guys. There's no changes going yeah. on. They're just winning. Yep, yeah. and they're winning. So, I mean, that's probably the staff that feels like, wow, heading into the early signing Confident. period, we kind of have an idea of right. what's going on. 
Um, but if you're a fan of one of those other four teams, it's going to be a – I don't want to say bumpy because that's not how I'm trying Maybe to – Maybe a little bit of a roller coaster. It's going to be interesting. It's going to be yeah. a roller coaster. A guy who we hope never changes. He's Greg Powers of Next Level Athlete. <laughs> you can follow him at G Powers Scout and follow Next Level Athlete at Next Level D1. Powers, uh, we will not be seeing you for this weekend recruiting next week, but we will be seeing you at State. You will. Fantastic. We'll, we'll have some content, video content. We'll try to make our faces shown at State Championships. <laughs> Good stuff. We are Texas Football Today. We're here every weekday at noon talking football in the Lone Star State. We hope you will become a Dave Campbell's Texas Football subscriber. But another thing that we hope that you will do right now, we are looking for um, you to go vote for the Whataburger Super Team. So we partner with Whataburger every single year to name 40 of the best Texas high school football athletes to this Whataburger super team. It is quite a prestigious award and, and kids really, you know, get a kick out of being put on it. So it's, um, it's a great thing for you to sit there and go take a look and have your input on who you think deserves to be on that Whataburger super team. So you can go to texasfootball.com now, go over to our awards tab and find Whataburger super team and vote for who you think deserves to be a top 40 athlete on our Whataburger super team. Malpal, let's head over to the hotline and bring in the guy we missed ever so dearly yesterday. He is the Hall of Famer Craig Way, and I believe he's coming to us from the Big Apple. Craig, how's New York? Uh, it was really good last night. I'm now kind of uh, nestled in the, oh, some would say it's the armpit of the metropolitan New York area, <laughs> New Jersey. But I shouldn't say that because my mom grew up not far from here. So, uh, no, I'm... I, uh, I'm uh, with the uh, Texas basketball team, and they're practicing right now at Keene University in preparation for their game with Seton Hall tomorrow night up here when they'll play in Newark. Exciting times. I'm assuming it's quite a bit colder up there than it is down here. <laughs> yeah, I, I thought about stepping outside uh, the arena to do this and chat with you guys. And no, no, it's just a little too cold and dank. So I'm, <laughs> I moved inside. So, so, and it was chilly on top of the Empire State Building last night, too. I can tell you that. Even though they got the warmers overhead, it was still pretty chilly. 86 floors above the street. Man, I do not doubt that. All right, Craig, let's kind of take a, uh, a flashback here. So that regional semifinal round two weeks ago now was, I mean, as y'all would say, crazy town banana pants. It was just big school after big school, perennial powerhouse falling week in and week out. It seems like last week was a little bit more tame. And you've got kind of the Blue Buds, the South Lakes, the Duncanvilles, all of them, the North Shores, they kind of took care of business. Is that after after that regional semifinal round and all the chaos that ensued there, did you expect a little bit more of a calm week in the regional final round last week? If only pickle, because we couldn't we couldn't have forecast it being any crazier than it was that week. I, I think we thought order would largely be restored, and it largely was. Mm -hmm. uh, so you know that I, I think that probably as much as anything. But you look at those brackets. And it's Blue Bloods, like you said. It's household names. And in 6A Division One, all four are household names. In 6A Division Two, only Tomball is kind of the outlier there. Otherwise, Geyer and Katie and Westlake are all well-familiar names. I mean, Mansfield Summit was a Final Four team in 5A D1 a year ago, so maybe only uh, Flower Bluff. And, of course, Peyto is a newcomer, but we've been talking him up all year. Mm -hmm. So, and, and South Oak Cliff clearly is – 
is uh, the, the delight and the surprise of many to reach the Final Four for the first time in 51 years. So in the four divisions encompassing the two largest playoff brackets in the state, it's still chock full of uh, brand names, so to speak. Absolutely. And then that kind of is perfectly led me into my next question of we do have those rematches that we are used to seeing, at least in the past couple of years in the state heading into the state semifinal round. You've got Martin Falls City volume four now, Timpson and China we saw last year, Wascom Franklin, Liberty Hill Crosby. So you have those matchups that we have seen in recent years, but then you also have the oddballs now of Gunner not playing Canadian for the first time since 2015 with Lubbock Roosevelt making its way in. So I'm curious, in your opinion, which one do you kind of enjoy seeing more? Maybe the traditional rock fight that is, you know, Martin Falls City that we've seen for four years in a row? Or is it, hey, look, there's someone else. Gunner's got a different team to go up against. You know, if I was a network television executive, I've always heard this about the NCAA tournament, that uh, the folks in the CBS television family they always want all the big shockers to come in on the first weekend they want the florida gulf coasts and the loyolas and and all of those the north texas to, yeah, yeah there you go uh that, they want them to win on the first weekend but then they want kind of order to be restored in the blue bloods uh once they get to the sweet 16 on from there but i don't work for a network uh, a television <laughs> network that televises the ncaa basketball tournament so uh I, i'm fine with however it works out i do enjoy seeing different parts of the state represented no mm -hmm. matter who it is i like seeing a flower bluff get into the final four i like seeing uh, lubbock roosevelt and lubbock cooper get in from there we know that the panhandle is always going to be represented in some form so even though canadian didn't get there shiner uh, excuse me stratford got there in 2a d2 and then uh, and then seeing hawley out of the big country seeing marlin from the super syntax lago vista for for goodness <laughs> sakes out of the greater austin there we're seeing some fresh new faces in there and that's exciting to see along with the ones you expect to see Right, and with those those new faces that you just mentioned, whether it be Lago Vista, whether it be Marlin, whether it be you know any of these teams that were kind of not necessarily came out of nowhere, but some of them really did, to be honest with you. If you had to pick one, we'll put it in air quotes, upset this week of maybe you know a perennial powerhouse going up against one of these newer teams, out of all the matchups, which one do you think you would say would be most likely? Wow. It, it's a great question. Um, you know, I don't know that you can necessarily call this an upset, really, because I think the computer even likes them. But we've never seen China Spring get into a state championship. Mm -hmm. Quero, we know, is a given proven commodity. and and But China Spring, of course, knocked off Carthage. So can they knock off another big name to get there? I think that's one of the things that folks are, are wondering about if that could happen. So uh, there is that. Uh, maybe, uh, you know, Lubbock Cooper and, and South Oak Cliff are a pair of teams who haven't had that opportunity to get to the state championship. So I don't know that either side is an upset if, mm -hmm. if it works out that way. So I think all of those come to mind. LBJ's trying to break through for the first time in, in school history, and they've been number one for many weeks now. So I know the computer and a lot of folks expect the Jaguars to get there, but until you break through for the first time, you still haven't done it. So I think all of that comes to mind. Maybe uh, Mount Vernon. We'll see if they can hang with Brock. And, and uh, you know, we, we expect probably a, a lot of the favorites to advance. But, you know, the old thing about that's why they play the games. There's a lot of teams here that are capable of knocking off favorite teams in this week's bracket.
And usually this is the last question. I will have one more question for you after this, but we'll go ahead and play your and Tepper's favorite game here of I'm going to give you three options. Now, knowing you, we've got I'm going to give you a Thursday, Friday and Saturday game. So for the sake of the game, we're going to choose one. <laughs> okay. 6AD2. It's kind of the game that we all had circled after we figured out they were both going to D2. Katie and Westlake, that's Saturday at McLean Stadium. Then 5AD2, we're going to give you Lubbock Cooper and Sock, 7.30 p.m. on Friday in Abilene. Or we're going to go down to the smallest 11-man classification. Our computer has this one, a pick'em game with Stratford and Albany, Thursday at Lubbock's Lowry Field. Which one are you teleporting to? Wow, it's a great choice. Uh, <laughs> a better choice is even on this list than, than Tepper does, I, I have to tell you. Thank you. Um, <laughs> back into a corner to and told I could only pick one, I think I would go for Lubbock Cooper and South Oak Cliff. Mm -hmm. I think this is going to be a really good game. Uh, it, Katie and Westlake, we know we're brand names. They're household names. Uh, Todd Dodge was saying this morning, you know what you're going to see and what you're going to get out of Katie every single time. That said, I do think that Westlake – may have the upper hand because they have a, you know, they're on a tremendous roll in this final round. So uh, I don't know that I'm necessarily expecting the Westlake to win, but I certainly expect them to have a really good shot to win. Stratford and Albany, yeah, that's it is a rock fight. Uh, whatever those teams of the traditional powers and the lower classifications get together. But forced to choose only one from a curiosity perspective to see who can finally break through and get to a state championship for the first time in school history, out of those three matchups, this is the only one where the winner is going to be in a championship game for the first time ever. So that's why I'd probably go with Lovett Cooper and Sock. We are on the same thought process there. And finally, Craig, I've got to ask you, because you were there when something happened on Saturday night. Um, you were on Scoreboard Live, and y'all went to commercial break. I was watching, and all of a sudden, Tepper came back. I went to go take a picture of the screen to tweet it out and say, man, the set looks a lot better with Tepper, and then you were the one that were, was able to break the news that uh, little Max was making his way into town. <laughs> take us kind of behind the scenes there from your perspective, and what was that like for y'all on the set of Scoreboard Live? Well, it was unique. There's no doubt about <laughs> it. If we could invent something else to put on the show, that would have been it. You know, it was uh, – we were we were just humming along. Things are going fine. If you watch the first half of the show, you can see – Tepper's in his usual mode, as as I said at one point when he was talking about something, and I said, you know, and that's he made a point, and I said it's not hyperbole. And we know you can be given over to hyperbole, and we were all laughing. <laughs> Things were just humming along. We got to the break right at the uh, top of the hour, and we were getting ready to have Homer Matlock on from Westbrook, and Tepper looks down at his phone, and he, he just very calmly and almost matter-of-factly says, I think the baby might be coming. And we're like, really? And and so then he called, I think, his mother-in-law. Mm -hmm. And and he got done, and he said, okay, I think it's coming. And and Rick and I, Rick Renner and I, looked at each other and like, dude, you need to go. <laughs> and, 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 and he said, he said to Patrick Madrovsky, our producer, can I go? And he was like, yeah, get out of here, go. <laughs> and, then, and then the video that you that posted there, him getting up and, and, and wrapping up his stuff and getting out, he just kind of, zoomed out and then i noticed from his tweet and from what in the text message that he sent us that max arrived like two and a half hours later right so he didn't make it by a lot he made it there but it wasn't by an awful lot he didn't leave an awful lot of margin for error on that field <laughs> it, was, it, was, it was unique there's no question about it, but we were very excited for him and jen and for uh little max coming into the world it was 
it was definitely a different way to go into the second hour of the program. And so we were coming out and, you know, we were talking business in the break going, okay, uh, Tep's highlights when Rick is going the game before, I'll do Tepper's highlights, the ones that he's earmarked, that are earmarked for him. And when I'm going and then Tepper's highlights are supposed to come next on another segment, Rick would jump in there. So we just kind of divvied it up. And, and then Patrick said, oh, by the way, let everybody know he's gone. <laughs> <laughs> so I did. And that was pretty much it. Yes, yeah. I sat. I was sitting there watching, and I just hear you go, um, well, Tepper's not here anymore. And I was like, oh, it's happening. Like, it's happening now. It's so too funny. Well, Greg, man, we appreciate you hopping on with us. Uh, enjoy New York, and, and best of luck to the Texas basketball team this weekend. Thanks, ladies. We look forward to being back there this weekend for a big weekend of football. Absolutely. There he goes. The Hall of Famer, Craig Way, joining us usually every Tuesday for Tuesdays. I just, I man, I had to ask Craig about that because it's one thing for Tepper to tell the story, but just right. to know what Tepper's like real reaction was, because we all know on this show, Tepper can be, wow, yeah. you know, especially when he's on scoreboard. I mean, that guy is amped up uh -huh. on some caffeine. And so I was like, was there a, oh my God, or yeah. was it like, Hi, um, my kid's being born. I need to leave. Need to like, leave. <laughs> no, he didn't even say I need to. He said, "Can, can I, I leave?" leave? <laughs> I'm like, really? I think my heart probably would have just dropped. Oh, I'm sure like, there was. Oh a, my yeah, god, like I have to go right now. <laughs> hit of your stomach thing. Well, I mean, and he said he asked his he asked his sweet mother-in-law, are, "Are you serious?" Which would have been a great joke to play in the long run, but right then and there. But yeah, I'm not kidding. I legitimately took my phone out and I went to take a picture and I was gonna tweet out. Man, the desk looks so much better. And then Craig said that. And so then I just text Tepper and I said some words and I was like, good luck, man. <laughs> I love it. Um, so anyway, appreciate Craig White joining us there. And yeah, I'm sure they're hoping for a little bit more normal of a yeah. scoreboard as uh, <laughs> this weekend happens. And I know Tepper will be back for that, but we appreciate Craig hopping on with us. And now we head over to Mallory Hartley for America's favorite segment, Final Thoughts. Malpel. Well, uh, I can tell you that there is going to be a PIX video this week. <sighs> Miss uh, Miss Ashley Pickle has done a phenomenal job navigating her way through her first PIX video ever. <laughs> so be on the lookout for that. It may look a little bit different than ones in the past, but in my opinion, I think it'll we're, we're spicing it up. We're throwing a little we bit are. of spices in there to make <laughs> it even more special than before. But, uh, yeah, so be on the lookout for that as well. Yeah, we're adding a little spice. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I'll pull back the curtain there. Dude, talk about – so uh, most of y'all know on the picks video and stuff, when it comes down to the state semifinal week, we go through all 20 matchups at yeah. once. Talk about a way to jump into your first picks video. Like, I mean, usually Tepper really in-depth breaks down one game, short little bits, and then it's lightning round. He just picks a bunch of them. Yeah, yeah. We got 20 of these to things. To go And I uh, – we're having to edit it because I talk too long. Uh, Y'all will never believe that, me talking too long. So anyway, that's why we're having to switch some stuff up because Motormouth over here just kept going, I guess. And I was like, y'all want to hear me talk? You just had too much to say. I had too much to say. It was not good. Uh, so anyway, we're trimming it down so y'all don't have to listen to me talk for that long considering you've listened to me talk for the rest of the week. So anyway, Pix video will be coming tomorrow um, and we'll have a normal Big time Thursday show tomorrow. Ish will be joining us again. Malpal and Ish are going to handle a whole bowl prediction college football segment. We'll go butt groove guide. We'll do all the fun stuff. So I think that'll do it for us today. Um, 
Thank you for spending part of your day with us. Like us on Facebook, facebook.com slash Dave Campbell's. Follow us on Instagram, instagram.com slash Dave Campbell's. Follow us on Twitter at DCTF. And of course, we have all of your stuff for playoffs covered on texasfootball.com. Thanks to Greg Powers of Next Level Athlete and Craig Way, the Hall of Famer himself, joining us from the Big Apple. I am Ashley Pickle. That's Mallory... For Mallory Hartley, (laughs) I'm Ashley Pickle. Vince Young, come get your player of the year trophy. We'll see you guys tomorrow for Texas Football Today.